Hello and welcome to Springboard of Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran, welcoming you on behalf of Team Springboard, ably led by Comfort. Springboard is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. The Virtual University is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in partnership with the multimedia group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the enterprise group UMB Bank with support from the graphic business. That means that on Tuesday on page 18, you will find the full transcript of this all-important conversation we are about to have. For some time, I've been looking into the engine room with frontliners in various fields to find out the what, the why, the where, the who, the how, the pain, the tears, the tough calls they've had to make on their journey. What you won't find in any magazine or biography. We've had the privilege of hosting on this in this series, Diana Hamilton, Israel Lai, Anita Eskin, Ajiti Anand, Kwame Eugene, Ohenire Gifti Anti, and Doreen Ando. Today, I bring somebody I've been patiently waiting to interview for quite a while. The last time I met her, she interviewed me on her show on an inspirational segment. Today, I am interviewing her on my show in the engine room. Between then and now, we've met a few times with my family eating, watching at the dining table from her kitchen. You have an idea, but you don't know who. My guest for today... Rashida Sani Nasan Rashida, good to see you. Good to see you, Albert. Thanks for making time for this conversation. You're welcome. I needed to have had a sip so I would get less turbulent inside. I've not done this in a long yeah, time. Yes, if you're on the show. I, I, I tell you what, between the first time I considered having you on the show and now, mm. so much more has happened because your business has grown from a food supply chain to a conglomerate with communication, consultancy interests, construction mm. skills, development, media, and IT. Mm. Growing up, did you think that you would be an entrepreneur? Well, I think even research has um, proven that a good percentage, I'm not so sure how many percentages or what percentage may just be involved in this, but research has highlighted that a good percentage of entrepreneurs did not know they were going to be entrepreneurs. It just happened, but um, ideally, in an entrepreneurial journey, typically very wealthy people or successful people would usually package a story that has simply got to go with the entrepreneurial journey. So, in a long story cut short, I would like to say my spirit has been the fact that I come from an entrepreneurial family. My dad literally died on the job, I like to say, even what, at the what, age what do you of... What do what, 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 what is interest? He had, um, he sold hardware, paint, nails, and a whole other unconventional stuff. He actually was in the informal sector. He would go to his shop really early in the morning, close late, pray, eat, everything there. And all of us who finished school and awaited our results had to actually do our kind of service or attachment in his shop. And that was where the ideas actually were conceived and being practical and smart and uh, being able to divide or put eggs in different baskets or get focused on different things you have to. So all of that was conceived actually there at a very tender age. 
I have a, I have a couple of guests who advocate this mm. as a, a compulsory coaching requirement for children. Sure. One was Moses K. Baden, CEO of Margins. His father, growing up, was one of the icons in Takradi. Right. He, he, he also dealt in hardware, among others, and very heavy-duty stuff. Hmm. And he made the requirement for his children during vacation to come and work in his outfit. And right. not surprisingly, many of them are doing some very entrepreneurial stuff, hmm. leadership in various fields. Then my friend, Kama, Dr. Ajikum Adu, right. now Mikado Ventures, also says his children all had to do either tailoring, um, fitting. Right. And, and then he runs a farm, a, a big yeah. pharmaceutical outlet, and he also believes that children must be taken through these to sharpen the entrepreneurial I think it's very instance. important. Mm -hmm. my, yeah. my, my daughter just finished her attachment in my office, actually. I know my children quite well. One is quite cool. The other likes the good life. And uh, when I told her she was going to actually work in my office, she proposed it, actually. Mommy, I want to work in your office. And someone holidays, such a long holiday. Which of the offices did you take it to? I took it to Wiser. The corporate office. I didn't take you it. Have taken her to the Washer, she actually has a greater feel of watching because that virtually on weekends I usually would take them there, especially when they're on holiday. So apparently she thought she was going to have a ride with the CEO to the office. My mommy is the CEO kind of an attitude. She was actually planning to put up. I got her picked up by the office car. She sits right in the common area with other staff. She doesn't even get to speak to me. She doesn't greet me. She doesn't call me mommy in the office and all of that. So in the end, she was like, oh, my God, mommy, I can't believe it. My attachment has come to an end, and I'm so happy about that. I mean, she just had to undergo that. I didn't even want my people in the office, my staff, to know she was my daughter. But one thing led to another. And then they got to know, but it still did not prevent her from gathering the real life experience I actually wanted her to have before she grows up thinking, well, mommy's business, it can easily be transferred and uh, management becomes an issue. Let's so I think it's, it's very important for kids to undergo such training as well Great. before they stand on their feet. Great. Let's start from the food business. Right. Many people know, not Isa, the, 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 the conglomerate, I but Alaji's right? wife, mm -hmm. the Waji. You moved out of frontline media practice mm -hmm. to go and sell Wachi. Tell me about it. Well, I think philosophers will say to you that in every discourse there's supposed to be a representation of all schools of thought. I'll say in a spiritual sense, it was the grace of God that just created a leap. In practical sense, I think it just made sense because I thought a multiple stream of income was very important, as always um, prescribed by people like you. So I thought if I am getting an edifice like this, what's the best thing I should just be selling? I've had quite a number of friends who said you to me, well, you... You had a building? It wasn't mine, even though we went to construction. Okay. But this water building, actually, we rented it. I okay. saw that it was just there close to my home. Okay. And I wondered what I could just use it for because I saw that it had been empty for some time and it was right across the street, which was a very prime area. So I sort of identified it as a prime location for business, which was the reason why we actually thought we should engage in something retail, not the usual corporate stuff as usual. So taking a good look at things, I thought we should be doing something that was essential. Food is essential. People eat on a daily basis at all hours. 
and that was the inspiration actually that was the reason why another reason why is because i cook a lot people who are very close to me know i'm such a big chef in the kitchen when i have visitors at home the first thing i do is to pop into the kitchen so it was actually a suggestion from my family as well i think you could do well in a restaurant because um you cook a lot at home should people commercialize your hobbies i think it's very important to commercialize your hobby because to be in a job you have no interest in makes it mundane people have usually said so there should be a kind of great sense of interest in your job for you to be able to do well in the first place if you're in it because of the money or because you're just being a servant i think it gets more difficult for so many people who have ventured into um, income making ventures so Let's talk about the response of your audience. Right. Because you could have, it could have been rice, it could have been yam, it could have been gari, beans, or cheese. <laughs> what about what? I, I, I am a very curious person and I, I always want to understand what about what made you go for it? And with the benefit of years of doing it, right. were you right? I really am yet to have an encounter with people who uphold watching. I think Wacha gradually has become a delicacy that also represents a destination brand image mm. for our dear country, Ghana. There are quite a number of people. I mean, you would hardly hear people go out of the country and miss TZ. Kinky, yes, they do. But Wacha usually will, great, it will take a greater expectation of what people may just be missing. Wacha is gradually turned into breakfast, lunch, or even dinner. Two days ago, I had watch it. It wasn't my watch it, though. I just decided to try another watch joint. I was just doing some kind of market survey. I got watch it for 45 cities, and that would have been a representation of watching for 20 cities from Alaji's wife. So it was just, I enjoyed it anyway, but it wasn't as tasty as Alaji's watching. So watch it because growingly, people are beginning to have this keen interest. People eat watching in the morning. People eat watching in the afternoon. It's such a great meal you can't get wrong. Watch it because it's food, and it's food that is consumed by a greater number of people in Ghana, even outside of Ghana. I have okay. Chinese as customers. I have people who come from America. I have people who stay in America and even order it for people over here as sort of surprises for them and so much more. Uh, my friend Kofi Akpabli writes right. very interesting books and poems and stories about food. I think you should write one about Wachi. The former you presidential call... candidate? No, Kofi Akpabli, not Akpabli. Right, Akpabli. Uh, he, he writes with my friend Anadamwa. He, he does. He's a partner to my friend Anadamwa. But I probably writes very. He's written about soup. He's written about very. Right. I think he does. He, he does some forest I, I writings. Had, right. I think she, I've had quite a number of people. Who, I get so many of my reviews from people who are mainly into writing about food. And yeah. I also had a guest researcher who actually. I think he may have come from. Um, um, Harvard in Massachusetts, and he was a visiting lecturer on the University of Ghana campus at the Business School. And he was actually brought by one of my trainers, Prof. Henson, and he did Prof. a very, very, very yeah, good friend of ours. Yeah, he, he's a good customer of mine as well, and trainer. I was in his class, and uh, he, he virtually has been part of my training as far as entrepreneurship is concerned. Right. Just still on branding, you talked about what you, and you mm. chose the words national brand destination brand image right. let me stay with branding mm. the name Alaji's wife the first time i heard it comfort mentioned i was like oh, 
<laughs> it just hit me like this. Right. What, from the perspective of somebody with, with postgraduate training in marketing, what drove the name Alaji's wife? I think branding is an essential part of every business. I would like to believe many people would have expected to see something like Rush's Restaurant, Rimbell, Mirabel, and all of those sexy, funny ideas people will usually have. That has been a driving force to many eaters, actually, to some eateries as well. I must confess, when I had it, and I hadn't made a preposition of selling watcher yet. Most of my friends said to me, well, you travel a lot. You could stock some Louis Vuitton bags. You could also stock some Chanel bags and all of that. And my first question to them was, how many times do people actually walk into a shop to buy these? Mm. In any case, if I had a fake Louis Vuitton bag, how would you be able to tell? So what would be the point of con- gathering so much money if I am not there yet? I believe that should be for people who have actually self-actualized. So food, because of this. However, how do I create a competitive advantage beyond the taste of the food? So the biggest surprise and big bang was when I unveiled unveiled my name, Alaja's wife. It got everyone uncomfortable. I am yet to think about a single person who got comfortable with that. Even my kids had to come and ask me, Mommy, Alaja's wife, that is so local. Today, my kids would actually prefer to be identified with that brand as opposed to the corporate image. And each time they are scubas, it works for for them. And they get called Alaji's daughter, Alaji's son in their classes. And they are really proud of that. And they come home to tell me about that as well. I mean, so it really works. Alaji's wife is such a heavy name. Everyone would want to know. And for most people who come to buy the watch, they're looking out for someone who's been set up by some big time sugar daddy looking Alaji. Only to get disappointed when they meet me or they say allergy, you know. I, I am not even married to an allergy. I do not have an allergy. So they get really disappointed. My customers, most of my customers don't know that. But they get really disappointed when they come to meet me. Oh my so God. There is oh, wife, oh, but no watch it. Because they actually expected to come and see some typical Zongo participating woman who is not really been in corporate Ghana. So they go like, hey, auto watch it, auto, my tree is not really good. Auto watch it, auto, auto watch it, auto watch it, you know, sort of. So we are, we are, in, we are into a conversation right. about making agriculture. Let me, let me divert a little. Mm-hmm. We are into a conversation currently with our partners about making agriculture mm. more attractive, more funky, more exciting, Viable. more innovative. Sure. more aspirational for people who have come out of out of university mm-hmm. what lesson can we learn from from what you just shared i think in as much as we need to take a keen interest in our kind of interest and commercialize them i think we should disabuse our minds of the fact that it's got to be a white collar job to be a comfortable job I think most often, I hate to say this, my peers may not forgive me for this, but I think there are just so many people who are being absorbed by others. What do we do to ensure that we do something for ourselves? I was speaking to a gentleman who said to me, God forgive me, Raj, but I think poverty is is a sin. Poverty in that sense. Look, you stay right there at home. My best friend actually said this to me. He says, we stay right there at home. Our mothers peel yam to cook in the head of the yam. Do you believe that it can be planted in our backyard to make a yam farm? And you do not even have to buy any seedling? So why would you sit being hungry? So 
I think it's time to demystify those and make unconventional or the informal sector quite attractive to ourselves while we are still very young and strong. So the white, the, the, the thirst and penchant for white collar activities, the suit and a tie, I would like to believe in the power of absorption by so many people into their organizations. It's just reason why there are no jobs in the first place. Recently, I was reading Manas Azuri's timeline, and he said, he wrote, I'm not sure if that you came across that as well. He says, the job market is choked, but there is, there is vacancy for excellence. Mm. I don't know I if you, exactly, if you read deeply into that. It meant that you just needed some kind of skill. You didn't even need the skill. You just needed to think out of the box to be able to get yourself absorbed to, to create your own kind of income. Also, it could have also meant that if you have substance, if you can prove yourself, if you can, if you can contribute positively towards the growth of an organization, if your CV looks interesting, if you are interacted with and you prove beyond reasonable doubts that you can do it better, why would you be staying at home? Now that you mentioned this, I, I look back and I see how many years ago was it that you were actually actively presenting in media work? I think that was, my last media presentation was in 2013. Yeah. So that was eight years ago? Oh, Thereabouts? Wow. Yeah. Wow. In between 2013 and right. now, you've moved from being a media presenter. Right to a media owner amongst others. So now you run a conglomerate that includes media, that includes IT, that includes mm -hmm. a food supply chain, mm -hmm. that includes different business interests. You own the Ghana, um, is it? Ghana Report. Ghana mm -hmm. Report. Yeah. In making that transition, what has been your greatest asset? What has enabled this journey? My journey enabler has been the power to go for it. I do not procrastinate. The fact that if you think it's the right thing, you should actually go for it. Being ambitious, being productive of all of them, I think that one stands out pivotally. Being productive is supposed to be a, a vital of life. In as much as you're in the right senses, you're strong, in good health, I'd want to believe, especially for our ages, we're really still young people, why won't you be able to diversify? I'm not saying that um, I overly welcome or duly subscribe to the saying that you're supposed to put your eggs in, in, in different baskets. I also believe the school of thought that purports that you can put your eggs in one basket and keep an eye on the basket. That makes you stay focused as well. But if you can do it differently and will increase your stream of income, why not? If you still have the capability, if you're strong enough, if you're ambitious, why not? If you can create more jobs of particular interest to me, why not? And this has actually been my springboard. I love the way in which you ended your springboard. Did you ever find times, Rashida, where you were broken by failure, challenges, setbacks? Did you lose everything at a point? Have you ever gone through uncertainty and fear and failure? I think many that? entrepreneurs will say to you, unless of course, if they're telling you the truth, Failure, uncertainty, crushing, breaking is supposed to be a daily affair in the life of an entrepreneur. Tell me about your ex experience. Anticipation of failure is success on its own. If you're moving, that's why people say to you, I wish you a rough road. Some people welcome it. 
And they say, what do you mean by you wish me a rough road? A rough road in the sense that there's got to be some potholes in the road so you can meander your way through smoothly until you get to the finish line. Have you lost all your money before? Nah. I have, have lost, lost money. money. I have lost money in some business ventures. I've also just lost money, but not all my money. I kept all in a bag and I was shopping and someone just picked it off me. Yes, I have lost that kind of money before. And I was so stranded because I had my card, everything in the bag. Did you cry? I never did I cry at all. Do you cry? I believe in God. I cry a lot, if not on a daily basis. I'm very emotional. I cry over nothing. I could cry over the cleaner of my company. Just over a misbehavior I have spoken about over time. It makes me cry for him. But he will never see me cry. What, what, what What kind of person are you? I am a very, I'm just a normal person like any other woman. Everybody thinks you are normal. I, I, unfortunately, I, I, I'm not afraid or shy to say I'm not as strong as I may present myself on the front line of business. However, socially, I, I think I am quite feeble sometimes. I am very soft. It, it's, it's a complex mix of the strength of yeah. a business woman mm-hmm. and what you call feeble mm-hmm. or emotional of a person behind how do you carry both in one body (laughs) i think it's normal to have both in one body people get emotional but the power of how you exhibit emotions just simply makes the difference i hate people who get emotional on the job actually for instance when i call a staff member to deal with them and they get emotional it puts me off i like us to deal with the issues I like you to stand up to your responsibility. You're a larger than life. You're a larger than life person. When you confront somebody with their failures or their shortcomings, and you do it in a forceful manner, I I, I, I think typically I have grown on the job. I mean, back in the day during my very early stages as an entrepreneur, I didn't know how to do it. I could walk into the office and ask people why they are late. Why are you late? Okay, so you can go home, but you can't do it anymore. You've got to go through some laid-down procedure. There's got to be HR that comes in or the general manager. It's got to be procedural. So I do not even go to the office anymore. I don't know what they have to. I get all of my feeds from my general manager. I believe in hierarchy. It's got to be that way. So I have sort of grown on the job. So people do not get the chance to even get that bad aspect of me unless of course is we're there, dealing with is there a bad artisans sometimes it could be really bad sometimes you regret your actions sometimes tell me about, tell you me about speak this. it typically happens to me on construction sites you know about, tell me about construction you know about artisans construction is um it's a very turbulent um investment i have ventured into but I, I really have enjoyed it. I've gotten used to them. I can understand them now. You just have to jump into the psyche of these people. Think about what they think at particular points in time. For instance, I mean, I keep telling my administrator who didn't get it right with them some time ago. I said to him, look, if you need them at 10, p, 10 a.m., tell them you need them at 7 a.m. You know, but I wouldn't, ideally, I wouldn't say this to someone in my corporate office. If it's 10, it's 10. If you're immediately, you've got to answer for it. A query will do the rest of the talk for you. So it basically would depend on which affiliate we're talking about. At the Ghana report, they're the bosses. I mean, I don't even have to speak to anyone. There was a time I was having a conversation with my HR manager, and I said to her, you never give queries. She's like, madam, they're just so prim and proper. They are 
too appropriate for my liking. So, so Everyone is just correct. I might understand right. from the perspective of a group CEO mm-hmm. that the same person managing the same conglomerate right. has to apply very different skills and rules and mm-hmm. approaches mm-hmm. when you are dealing with your construction staff, mm-hmm. when you are dealing with your food supply chain staff, exactly. when you are dealing with your media staff. Yes. You are saying that your comms and media guys are on top of it on top of the issue i mean i would like to also believe that um only inanimates do not change sometimes people come with it, an excess baggage of all manner of characters you would have to whip in shape in some cases other times you just have to leave them to understand who they are and mostly i even learn from my own stuff the trick is that I try to be a part of the genesis of every business venture we actually get into. So by being a part of it, you get to understand, you train people, and then it stands family. Not so many people think I, I don't go to Elijah's wife anymore. I, I hardly would find myself there once in a while lately. But when it started, I served with them. I did everything with them until I got them properly standing. And the team, I mean, old ones had to withdraw for me to pick up people who were ready and certain with the vision. People I thought would have, we could, have, we could drive the whole of this to the finish line. And I think it's been a good team so far. When I in come as back, as we have, um, when I come back, I'll be finding out from you. I'll be finding out from you right. a question a very determined young entrepreneur asked me today. Right. And I'm going to find out from you how you can be absent and yet present in a business that is dear to your heart. If you just join us, this is Springboard of Virtual University. We are in the engine room with Rashida. Sani Nasamu, the CEO of the Isar Group. Is that the name? Isar Group. But I'm, I, I am so hung up on one of your brands. I'll try to stay away from that so I can get a full picture. But I can't help seeing that I am a, a big fan of Alaji's wife, Wachi. And that's just because of my, one of my favorite scriptures of all time that says, in all labor, there is profit. And among other things, she's been saying that we need to reorient ourselves and demystify the informal sector so that people don't get hung up on going into white-collar jobs. Let's go for a break and pay some respect to our sponsors. When we come back, let's hear from Rashida other aspects of this amazing story. Please don't worry. Don't be left out. Download the MTN Pulse app from the App Store or Play Store to mash up all day, every day. You can also enjoy more mashup. Just buy the new Mega Bundle and get 3 gigabytes data, extra 400 megabytes for your social apps, and free MTN to MTN calls every Monday. So just go ahead. Feel the pulse on MTN Pulse. Just be. We're good together everywhere you go. From football fans. Go! To football star. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you're free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. UMB was established in 1972 as the premier bank for the corporate and private sector in Ghana. From our very beginning, as the only Ghanaian bank serving all categories of businesses, we set a standard for excellence and innovation over the past 45 years. We've built a financially healthy and strong bank. 
demonstrated our commitment to our customers and to growing businesses and exhibited originality and innovation at every turn. At UMB, our focus is built around people, service, products and technology. These are the key to our present success and our future triumphs. At UMB, we are poised to make a difference not only with our customers, but also in the banking industry. We invite you to share in our future. Our future starts now with you. From Trotro passenger to Tia Robber car owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you are free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise, your advantage. <laughs> Welcome back to Springboard, a virtual university brought to you by the Springboard Roshu Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, with support from the Graphic Business. Today in the aging room, I have the honor and privilege of hosting my friend Rashida as she tries to help us understand the ins and outs of her life as an entrepreneur. She's been sharing first that it must be a good practice for parents who run businesses to let their children come and do some internship or some attachment to learn on the ropes while they are in school. Number two, she says, you must commercialize your hobby and she loves cooking it was very a natural progression for her to build her first business allergies wife watchy the third point she made was about branding she says watchy is a national destination brand image it was too powerful it was too powerful she says it's not just food it's a national asset and she has clients from all over the world who buy from her food supply chain then she talks about choosing a name for your business. She says, the name was thoughtfully and deliberately chosen and it struck a chord with many people. Many, many people were initially offended, but now they look back and they say, wow, it was very well chosen. So choosing a name for your business requires a lot of thought. She says, demystify the informal sector and make it more attractive and less compelling for people to go into the formal sector or be even unemployed. I have a question for her on that one. And then... She mentions procrastination. She says that if I like something, I go for it and I go decisively. And the seventh point is about managing people. The skills required to manage construction staff are very different from that required to manage comms staff and IT consultancy staff. Rashida, talking about unemployment, you mentioned, you mentioned the fact that um, there's no point hanging around unemployed and and. and and complaining when there's opportunity in the informal sector. I mean, in the course of our work over the past year and a half or so, we've seen many lose their jobs as a result of COVID, many displaced. There are many out there, you put out a small advert and 4,000, 10,000 applicants for the same job. And yet you hear people say, but there are jobs. Yeah. Speak to that as an entrepreneur. I think there are still quite a number of people, employees, who are actually looking for people to employ. And as much as the rest of us believe that the job market is choked, uh, there's very little we can say about it because people management, they say, is the most difficult science. I am so young and entrepreneur to be speaking up to this. But I believe that if you have some sort of skill set, if you have something to offer, if you have um, a good attitude to wrap it all up, I would like to believe there should be something in the way for you. 
There are so many times most entrepreneurs like me have received quite a number of really juicy and sexy CVs. Yet when the people sit before you, practically, they, um, they get underwhelming. And in some cases, you still want to give people a chance. And uh, apathy says, and not because they are ill remunerated, just because they're not used to it. Averagely, I would like to say, I don't want to say the youth. I would like to say some people are quite lazy, even if it were dears. So um, my my inspiration, or I have always drawn my inspiration from myself back then when I actually worked for people. It, it, it greatly felt like it was my own business. There's nowhere I have been to that I, I didn't shine, that I didn't stand out, that people didn't think I had some sort of shares in the organization, that I didn't become very close friends with management, even though I wasn't part of management. So I think good skill set, typically for myself, that's what I typically would look out for. Skill set... Thinking outside the box, uh, not necessarily only the skill set, because still can be taught, but there's got to be some headway uh, or head start to it. So skill set, good attitudes, and people employ attitudes as well. What's the point? If you have the skill and you don't have the right attitude, you can't be mentored. So you're saying that for many employers, they still right. are looking for people to employ, and what they're looking for is the right skills and the right attitude. Perfect. So for the person out there who's saying, I've given it a try, Rashid, I love listening to you, but trust me, I've applied. They wouldn't even look at me to even test me and know that I'm good. What would you tell them? I think it's very important to discover yourself. We were not all meant to be employed. Some of us were made to be employers as well. So you may just be an employer in the making, thinking you're an employee. So if there is not working, you look to the left. If the left is not working, you look to the right, back to the right, just as you're crossing the road. So I think it's very important. In typical cases, or most cases, I wouldn't leave off the hand of God. I mean, we're a very religious society or spiritual. Sometimes God just does not want you to work for um, some particular reasons. But speaking in practical sense or ideally, I think if you have something to offer, you, you shouldn't go to bed hungry. How can we create a culture of entrepreneurship in this country? How do we increase the number of people who have the boldness to just step out and try their hands at something? I think to a large extent, it's not even about people who are very bold. I am very emotional, like I said to you, but I'm very bold when it comes to businesses. I think we shy off opportunities. We... We do not decode how many people actually get to crack the code of an opportunity when it shows an ugly head. Most of us run from it. Opportunities would not come with opportunity embossed on it. Sometimes it comes as a mystery. Now, how you turn that into an opportunity is what makes the difference. I was just speaking to Auntie Comfort some time ago about a friend of mine who said she was going to get into the food business. I've had quite a number of friends I completed school with who say to me, I am not working. I say to them, oh, but I know you could cook very well. Come and sell water with me. She says, do you know the amount of capital? Because you have money, you've been able to open it. But the building does not even belong to me. I say to her, you can't just start from the first day of your journey and want to be like, Papaya. 
papaya does not belong to one person. I would like to believe it's a conglomerate that has quite a number of people who have shares in it. So it's, it's even a limited liability. What I'm speaking to you about is sole proprietorship. Start cooking at home. There are quite a number of corporate women who do not know what to feed their families. Make it healthy. And by starting from that point, you should be able to gather money to be able to get to the papaya levels you may just be looking at for. So I think the bigger challenge or problem is the fact that we usually would want to leap to the 10th step instead of starting from the first step. It's got to be a baby step before it matures, it matures into a big step. If you can start big, why not? If you have all the money to get the biggest edifice and brand it the way you like, why not? But if there's no money yet, I think there's always a way to start off. I could clean shoes. I was speaking to my kids. I said to them, look, nothing should compromise the quality of life I have planned for you, even if it meant I lost it all. Do you believe that I could carry sachet water on my head into traffic in town? And my daughter said to me, yes, mommy. So I think there's always something to Have do. you tried it? Did you ever carry sachet water? I haven't done that yet. I have. But I tried it water. Sachet water. Right. I, I tried selling ice water. It was, it was bad. Ice water days. <laughs> in those days, you know those, those Togolese, Togolese back, buckets right. that had, it was oh white God. and it had, it had colors on it, yeah. orange, blue, and then yeah. they had this cover that had wow. a handle. So it, it looked fashionable. So I actually, in secondary school days, carried the bucket and went selling ice water to try and see if I could raise some money. Mm. But there was only one problem. In those days, there was no COVID. And so mm. it was actually one cup. Mm. The same cup. cup you everyone fetch, drank from. And then pour it, and then you give it to the other person. And the next person uses the same cup. But then there was one problem. There right. was this skill that the connoisseurs had. Mm. They would tilt the water while it's on their head. Right. And shift the covers more, and then just fetch the water while the thing was still on their head. Wow. And then pour it to the cup. I tried the Rashida. It fell off. Of course, the whole bucket came tumbling down. That was, your capital that, was the, that was the end of my eyes. Whatever, at least I made one, one attempt. Wow, <laughs> it, it must be. I mean, I think it's quite easy these days. Yeah, it's yeah, all no, packaged no, 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 already. Course, so, of course, of may course. we not go back there now? I tell you, but, but it was just it was just quite funny. But right. But you mentioned this, and it, it, my mind comes mm. to the, something that Gitiyanti said on the show a couple of weeks ago. She said, mm. many people who want to step out and be successful have what she calls confusion. Yeah. Confusion because they are listening to Rashida and they want to become Rashida overnight. <laughs> and, and, and yet, they are matching that against the reality of their experience right now. And they are confused at ah, what Rashida is describing and what I'm doing. Okay. How come I'm not, I'm not getting the results that she's, she's getting? Do you subscribe to that notion that people, I not... people who are stepping out on their journey right. at the beginnings of a venture can get sometimes confused because they want what you have overnight. Unfortunately, there are diverse things people may just be doing. It's just the biggest example I can think about is when we were in school, when others just passed their exams so well, yet you were out partying with them the previous night. Yeah, I know. I exactly. Know. So it happens that way. People have always got something going on behind the scenes. For instance, when I was on TV, not many people knew that I owned Isaac Group. They thought I was just another presenter on TV. Oh, you started before? Well, yeah, I started way before I sat 
on TV at ETV when I started interviewing you. I fit brought us together, the management of ETV. I may not want to get into that, but it was all about business. And we still do business. We still call each other on business initiatives. I'm still in touch with my bosses and all of that. But I like to say sometimes people do just more than what you think they're doing. For instance, when I was at ETV, and you know my love for cars. I, did I tell you about the story when someone said, hey, do you sell, are you a car dealer? Do you have a, a husband who deals in cars? And I said to her, yes, because I didn't want to go into the intricacies of it. She may not understand. But each time I closed from my presentation, I thought it was just a whole lot of time for the rest of the day to have gone home to sleep with. I mean, seriously, in as much as I came out of home at dawn, but I thought I was still young and vibrant and hot-blooded enough to have gone back home at 10 a.m. That was just so not productive of me, I thought. So from ETV... I had quickly rushed to my office. My office was quite close to um, where I did the presentation at ETV. So it was quite close. When each time I closed from ETV, I'll go to my office, do the rest of the day's job, get all of my jobs. Do There were times I even got into supplies, and I had so many projects that were ongoing. For instance, my Exim Bank project was ongoing. It was, it was lucrative. It was good. I had so many other really blue chip organizations we worked for. I missed presenting on TV. TV presentation was just part of the whole package that was supposed to support my business as well, in as much as I started in the media. So, I mean, sometimes there's just so much more going on, not just a particular job people are thinking about. So you're seeing that for many people that you will yeah. support doing something, that's not necessarily all that they are doing. That's that could be so. just a foundational mm -hmm. pillar for many other things that they are exactly. doing. Exactly, exactly. Rashid, this concept of multiple income streams, mm -hmm. what, in your opinion, is the biggest trigger for creating more than one stream? What, what, what skill does one need? to create multiple streams? I think it's very important to have first the skill of wanting to be productive, as I've always mentioned. You do not have to be a lazy person. I think mostly people would want to over-enjoy than they actually earn. It's quite common to see the youth. I mean, some people get into productive businesses and the first money that comes, he goes to buy himself the biggest or latest Range Rover or the latest cars and then blocks his capital and all of that. I think you may have to get there when you really have actualized on the scale of things. So multiple streams of income, firstly, would have to be triggered by your power for productivity. You would have to be a very productive person. You do not have to be lazy you would, that's when I begin to think that entrepreneurs are actually made or created by God. Because I find it really hard to believe that I come across people who do not just want to do anything. They just want to be employed. That's all they, I mean, different interests, people represent different interests and bless them. I do not have a problem with that. But other people simply would just want to be productive and would not want to spend their time on unnecessary things. Typically, I account for everything about me, not just my time. I multitask. I'm always doing so many things at the same time. I keep saying to people that even when I'm in my washroom preparing for the day, I would have to be reading something, responding to emails, responding to messages. You I receive emails in the washroom? Yes. By all means, I would have to be in my email. I, I never go into the washroom without my, my phone. Sometimes, <laughs> in order not to miss really important calls, I tilt when I'm having a shower, just to see who is calling, you especially take your phone when I'm into late. The shower? Yes, sometimes. I, I keep it intense. Too. I'm quite intense. I hate, I hate room for mediocrity. Would, I, you, would you consider? Yeah, 
time space allowing just some time to to not do anything as as wasting the time it's very important to rest the mind the brains need some rest as well and when i'm sleeping i typically would time myself however i prioritize my life as well on a daily basis i think just sitting down to ease yourself and watching the walls is a mark of ill an ill productive person i would like to say or it's a mark of unproductivity you can't just sit and watch the walls. That's when bad thoughts begin to come. Sometimes you need some you time. Typically, I have that when I go into my bed. So you need a few minutes before you fall asleep, as adults as we are. Sometimes something pops into your head. If there are fantasies, you would want to have building castles in the air, fantasizing about going on holiday. You may do that just before you sleep, but not the other one. If you did not become what you do now mm. with all your business interests represented. I'm going to give you four different career options. Tell me which one you would have ended up in and, and, and stick to these four. I like to believe I would have ended up anywhere and my employer would have really been in love with me. Let me give you four options. Let's hear them. Filmmaker is number one. I do not have the patience, I'm not sure. Politician is number two. I love to stay behind the scenes. Artist is number three. I wouldn't be able to get fictitious. <laughs> and dancer is number four. I suck with dancer. So none of the above. None of the above. I would have sold sachet water. I would have sold serious? ice cream. You'd have sold sachet water or ice cream? I would have sold ice cream. I would sell sachet water and I would diversify. I would add ice cream. Is, is food your favorite in your whole value chain? Not necessarily. Essentials are actually my favorite. Because I would have thought that if I bought bags to sell or clothes, I'm not so much of a fashionable person. People who are close to me will attest to that. I hardly would buy clothes. My good bags were bought, to me, bought for me by people and all of that. I typically wouldn't be able to walk into a shop to do grand shopping like other girls would do. So that's the same thoughts I have over selling clothes. I have a feeling there are so many other people who are thinking that way. I don't even get the chance to make up and all that. So make up would not have even sold if I had the chance to sell that one. If I was to describe so, myself in one word, what would it be? One word. I think I'm a very zealous person. I am, I am very passionate about everything I do. I attach the same passion I would attach to doing a story about the politician or the ordinary businessman on the Ghana report. I would attach the same response and attention to my clients who picks a phone to call to Odawachi for a 20 cities pack. How easy or difficult is it to sustain this level of energy in everything you do? It's difficult, I must say, but the passion keeps it going. The zeal to be a part of the business keeps it going. I may not be present at the business at particular times, but I can tell you everything that happens there. Occasionally, I flip my phone to see who is taking the money, who is serving the food, what's the attitude, how are people dressed. I know all of that. It's not just the money I care about. I go down to the... It's not like I micromanage, but I try to be as much as possible to be aware of everything that happens in the business. And that's the only way you can sustain a business and keep it going. Have you ever had found yourself with your back against the wall and... and angel sent from God mm -hmm. came to your 
rescue or assistance that you sit here today and you say, thank God for that person. Now, somebody All of the time. Tell me about it. Give me All of the time. And these angels are usually people I see as my mentors who I speak to. I believe very much in the power of sharing your pain. I believe with the right people, of course. I believe in the power of, you know, there are still so many people who are shy about saying they don't have jobs, they need help. There are people who would rather sit to beg for money from people who are doing well instead of saying, what can I do for you? Tell you what, I go to a car wash. I went to a car wash. I wash my car every morning before I use it anyway, unless, of course, under really bizarre circumstances. You did yourself? Yeah, often. And uh, I went to a car wash. I mean, times that I'm late or I, I get lazy or I have to be doing something on my phone while I sit in the car and it's supposed to be washed. I mean, in the past, now I have someone who does it every morning for me at home. I went to a particular car wash and I got close to these group of people. And one of them said to me, I would want to be washing your cars at home. So can I start coming to your home? Instead of you coming to the car wash, he knows how much respect I have for my, you know, I said to him, okay, come home. You can be washing them when you come home every morning. Apparently, I mean, he washed them for less than a month. As soon as he received his first pay, he said to me, Madam, you see, my passion was with music. I want to have a music career. And I know you know Sarko, dear. So uh, seriously, I, I said to him, oh, okay. The following day, he never came to work here, but he kept calling me to ask him, so have you spoken to Sarko, dear? I said, seriously, my brother, you haven't given me anything, so I can't give you anything. I need you in as much as much as you need me. But, but you know sex. Uh, sorry? But you know sex. Yeah. He's a very good friend who is, I mean, he has open doors. You could just speak to him and stuff like that. As to whether he'll take him and groom me, I don't know about that. But I've never really been on such terms with him. <laughs> and that was, that was all. And this was because we were at a car wash and it, I don't know what happened. I really don't know how he got to know. I mean, anyway, the rest is history. Rashid, I'm going to tell you what I've learned from this conversation and give you a chance to speak to somebody who's saying, I just love your story, but I wish I had something to say. And I mm. want to be able to say something like this five years from now, ten years from now. I'm going to come back to you to tell that person looking up to you, listening sure. to you from any part mm. of the country. Speak to them and tell them what they can learn from this and what they can do with this to be able to make an impact with their lives as we go forward into the future. But I'm going to tell you my 10 lessons from you. As is my custom, number one, it's about business apprenticeship. You see, it's a great thing that must be very commonly applied, mm -hmm. especially for parents who own businesses and for their children. The second one is watch You say commercialize your hobby. You see, if you love doing something, sure commercialize it and you you love cooking and that was the beginning the third one is about branding and you said you said two things about branding i found very very interesting you said watch is is a national brand asset mm -hmm. and you said even in choosing the name a lot of thought went into choosing the name of your first business which is alagi's wife mm -hmm. and that was very interesting the fourth one is about demystifying the informal sector, sector. Mm. so that people don't queue looking for non-existing jobs and they can step out there and pursue the business or the opportunities that they are in the informal sector. The fifth one is about your own attitude. Ask you about your greatest asset and you say, you don't procrastinate, you just go for it. 
And I love that because somebody is listening and they can learn something from that. The sixth is about managing people. The difference between managing construction staff, mm -hmm. IT staff, Indeed. media staff, yeah. and the skills required for it. Sure. The seventh one is about entrepreneurship. You say, listen, if you keep applying and the door is not opening, maybe, just maybe, you need to switch from looking for a job mm. to starting a business and creating exactly. jobs. Um, the eighth is about multiple streams of income. You see, very often there is more to people than what you may see. Yeah. So you may see them doing one thing, but there are possibly multiple things they are doing that they are growing. And mm -hmm. when these things manifest, you are like, where have they always been? Mm -hmm. They've been there. The ninth one is about accountability. One of the most interesting, you say, you account for every time, including time in the washroom. And that could be the time when you are checking on something, yeah, even, exactly. even in the washroom. <laughs> and the last one is zeal and passion. Sure. So you are a very passionate person, very yeah. zealous. You apply it to everything you do, right from when you were employed till now that you are an employer. And if you didn't do what you do, you either sell sachet water or ice cream. Or, ice cream. or wash it, which I'm doing now. <laughs> I think it's very important that um, people learn to discover themselves. Uh, it reminds me of a lady who walked up to me and said, what has been your business model? And this is a lady who has just finished university. And the first thing that came to mind was, mm -hmm. she's learning the theoretical way. Ask me a more practical question. Those what I said. I said, what do you mean by business model? Okay, I want to see your business plan. So uh, I said to her, what possibly could be the business plan for sale and watching, madam? And she met me at the Watcher Sport to say this to me. So I think the biggest bane to the development of so many of us has been because we have preoccupied our thoughts with theoretical aspects of life as far as entrepreneurship is concerned. I think we'd have to, the Ashantis would say, Google. I think we'll have to get natural, get ideal, get practical, and just go for it. You know, I think it's not the fault of so many people because that has been our, our educational system. It's not been as practical as we expect it to be. But as much as possible, I've said to potential entrepreneurs, the classroom is supposed to teach you the theoretical bits to give you a thinking cap that could make you think outside of the box when you are on the practical fields which is also called the battlefields, especially with your entrepreneurial journey. So get passionate about what you want to do. Identify yourself. Serve someone if nothing is working. There are so many people who also would just want to get up and be entrepreneurs overnight. It doesn't work like that. You'd have to say yes, Amasa, as well at a point in time. And you just may not know which mentor may lead you to the promised land. That's what we call the Godfather who, Father. Godfather, fatherhood. Godfather idea, concept. Godfather kind of a concept, right. or godmother kind of a concept. So I think we should be prepared to also get respectful on our diverse fields. If you work for someone, bless you. There's no problem. What could be wrong with working for someone? One day you could work for yourself, and if you're attached to the same seriousness, does the same seriousness that we attach to your job if you become an employer one day as well? So passion zeal, ambition, productivity, and um, spirituality. I think there's just someone out there who could just be watching at all points in time. We can't do without God. That's a strong belief I've always had. God blesses it, it's blessed. 
And I said amen to that. Amen. Rashid, just before I sign off, just a thought that occurred to me. In the mm. days when, before you, you moved to the corporate office, when you used to sell the food yourself and hold the ladder and mm. wear the apron, what time did you it, it was actually what, in the corporate office before this. Watching what, was what, what, one of what, what my time, last affiliates, actually. What, what time did your day start? My day starts at any time, any day. My day could start at 4 a.m. I don't sleep at night. I have terrible insomnia. At 2 a.m., you can. Some people go to order for like 250 or 300 packs of watch at close to midnight. They called me. I picked up. We spoke and we hung up. At 1 a.m., they called back. Okay, can you add 100 more packs? I still said okay to that. Hold on a second. Yeah. A client called you at midnight to yeah, order. Yeah, almost midnight. 300, 300 packs of watch it. They're called just behind again. you. See the church right here. <laughs> and they called again. And an hour later, close to 1 a.m., they call again. Can you add another hundred packs? Yes, please. And you didn't get upset? Never would I get upset. And I will make sure everything works out. I quickly, I went down myself. I went to do the packaging myself because it was just too late to get in touch with most of my workers. I got a few trusted people who I believed would pick up my calls. And then I got them ready for the following day. And that was when we packaged and delivered right on time. They needed it at 7.30 a.m. Rashida, it's been a beautiful conversation learning from you. And, so and, and getting into the engine room. And the last one, or the last closing one, is the most beautiful one. Thank you very much for having me. For well, anyone listening out there, if your clients called you at 12 midnight and you thought that was the end, they will call you again at 1 a.m. to add 100 more packs and don't be upset. <laughs> this has been a conversation with Rashida Sanyina Samu, the CEO of the Isar Group, and she's been sharing with us the engine room dimensions of growing a multi dimensional conglomerate. On behalf of Team Springboard, led by Comfort, this has been Albert Okran in the engine room with Rashida. And I want to say a big thank you to MTN Pulse, the Enterprise Group, UMB Bank, the Graphic Business. And look out for Rashida's story in the Graphic Business on Tuesday, page 18. The full page is about Rashida. She'll tell you everything that she said in print. So have you thought about writing a book? No, I haven't thought about it. I... Next time I interview you, we'll talk about your book. <laughs> Dan I feel I'm still young. <laughs> the it's younger, too early. The, the younger, the <laughs> Wait till I actualize. I'm waiting for myself Can actualization. actualize? Sorry? Can you ever actualize? Yes, maybe when I actualize. Who knows? That's when we'll start the ice cream business for fun. This ice cream, man. It's still getting get into politics. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My name is Albert. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. We are out. Turn it on. No more searching.